listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, Episode 74 on Ed Reach. Magicians, a language learning RPG. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, October 20th, 2012. Ed Gamer is part of the Ed Reach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. Exactly. Nice. I couldn't have said <laughs> this show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. I'm Jerry. And I'm Kyle. And Kyle is our guest today, all the way from Seoul, South Korea. Kyle, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Kyle Simons. I'm majoring in Korean education at Kyung University. And I've written an RPG designed to help players learn a language. And Jerry? Uh, my name is Jerry James. I'm a visual arts teacher in Schaumburg, Illinois. And my name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. And I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. And Jerry, stop messing with my blurby. <laughs> How normal is this town, Norm? <laughs> well, it's pretty abnormal. Resident, then, uh, it's pretty abnormal. But that's what, you know, for Southern Illinois, it's pretty normal. Yes, it's it's pretty good for Southern, yes. It, just a, a, because I'm sure there's a lot of people asking out there, Jerry, mm-hmm. about, you know, why is it called Normal Illinois? Jerry, do you know why it's called Normal Illinois? Oh, man, is it because of the, the normal teacher school? Yes, it was uh, teaching schools were once called normal schools. And so the town is named after uh, the university. What about my guess? I, I know there's actually a lot of history with, with and I'll give you this one, central and southern Illinois towns because they, uh, uh, well, I know I was hearing, so I have family in Champaign, and they used to, you know, tell me between there and Danville, which is like right down there too, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the towns back around the time they got choices between you know major things that would support the town so like one was you know chose the university of illinois which is what champagne chose and then danville chose the the veterans memorial hospital which oh yeah and was there a good actually, choice after the war but unfortunately yeah not such a good no yeah that's a whole nother story no uh university of illinois almost started here <laughs> And I, I don't know the full story behind it, but um, it was, I think the choice was between Bloomington and and then Champaign-Urbana. So these are all things that Kyle is probably having, you know, <laughs> yeah, so. Think about. I'm taking so. notes. Yeah, he's taking notes. Yes, exactly. I'm sure everybody out there is taking notes on this. So I got an email from Kyle. Uh, was it probably a couple weeks ago, Kyle? Yeah, something like that. Maybe and, a week and a half or so. Yeah, and so, you know, I don't know if you were just, you know, searching out cool podcasts, you know, out on the... It was. I I typed in, I was like, what is awesome podcast to be on? Now I know you're a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, and he came up to Ed Gamer, and so he got a a hold of me and uh, and asked, you know, hey, I'm starting this Kickstarter. Uh, It's a... going to be awesome. It's going to be about language, uh, learning different language, creating uh, an RPG, role-playing game. And, you know, would you be interested in, in you know, having me on your show? And I was, I was like, well, you know, because we get these, you know, frequently, hey, can you, you know, 
can I be on your show? Can you look at this? Can you look at that? And mm-hmm. we don't have normally, you know, we don't take everybody. So I gave a basic response like, well, we'll look at it and see what's going on there. And as soon as I saw it and the artwork and Jerry, I knew he'd be drooling over the artwork for this and, mm-hmm. and the idea and the concept behind it. And it's stuff that we've talked about for over a year now uh, with games and learning. And it fits so well. And so I was like, yeah, let's let's get this going. So first of all, so you put this out as a, um, uh, you know, a Kickstarter. Yeah. And you were just asking for what? Uh, Three thousand. And what are you at today? This is now we're on. uh, This is actually recording on Thursday. So what are you at right now? Right now I am at seven thousand two hundred and eighty-five dollars. Yeah, which which went up fifty dollars since we started the show. By the way, too. (laughs) I've been keeping track. Yeah, that's awesome. very I'm going to have Kyle so, start me a Kickstarter for my retirement as soon as we get off the air here. <laughs> so do we so with Kickstarter, so you you reach your goal of 3000, do you just pocket the 4285 <laughs> and just keep it? <laughs> Not at all actually. I started yeah. um I have I had the modest goal of 3000 because um I wanted to get like a momentum building up early on. Um in order to actually make this game, and so I don't actually have to contribute any more money than I already have to the book. Um, I'll still need probably another one or two thousand. Well, I hope after this post, you might, you, you'll probably get it before this even post Saturday night. <laughs> so, you know, that's uh, because it seems like it's catching, uh, catching when it seems like it's already caught on to some other websites too, hasn't it? Um, uh, it's been on a couple, yeah, and I was really surprised, like... Um, Monty Cook is a backer. Like I was pretty shocked. So, and there's uh, like um, Lev Grossman tweeted it on his Twitter. Uh, Twitter. <laughs> the thing. I'm that tweets. No. Yeah. No, that is uh, this is a really cool start. So yep. I guess l- let's let's get into this here. So that's that's what, what I was gonna say. Let's get into it because Zach told me that if we don't hit ten grand by the end of the show, he's gonna donate the other three grand. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll <laughs> well, be right on that. Speaks. Lower. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe talk in Korean, and then we'll have to sit here and translate as you're going Excellent. along. Yeah, throw up Google yeah, Translate. Yeah, I'm sure it's 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 decent, but I'm sure it, it's it might have a few mistakes. Okay. So, what is what is Magicians, and why did you create this game? Okay, so Magicians is um, first and foremost a role-playing game. So. It's set in Seoul. It's like a modern-day setting, and basically what I've done is I've taken um, influences from Korean history and superstitions and mythology, and I've added them into the mix, kind of like, um, you know, like Dresden Files or something like that, where it's like modern-day, it's what we're living right now, except there's like all these supernatural elements beneath the surface. And the whole mechanics behind the game um, deal with learning a language because essentially what I've done is I've replaced the magic system with a language. So whenever you're casting magic, you're using um, Korean. And um, in the game, everyone plays um, a student of magic in Korea at a, at a school. So whenever you're solving problems or there's conflict resolution, um, instead of rolling the dice to see if you succeed or fail and to advance the story, um, you're using Korean, and um, instead of using dice, you're using a smartphone, um, a dictation app. So 
you'll, um, if I wanted to say, um, I don't know, make a fireball or something like that in true D&D style, I might use the, um, the basic system uses just a noun and a verb. So I would just say for my noun, I would probably use fire. And for my verb, I would probably use um, to hurt or destroy or something like that, right? So yeah. I would just combine these two and that would form the spell. So it'd be, um, I would probably use pur mandrayo, which means to make fire. And that would be the spell. And I would speak it into my smartphone. And if the smartphone dictation app comes up with um, what I want to say, like pur mandrayo, which would mean I would have proper pronunciation because it understood me, then it would mean that I succeeded at that spell. That's <laughs> That's really... That's really ingenious. So it's a it's a good way to get past that whole, well, I don't have anyone to teach me the language, so how am I going to learn it, right? So I could see the kids literally practicing to make sure that they're saying this properly. Exactly. That's So like, that's the whole thing that's really awesome about it, is that it connects you to your character in such a way that no other game can, because you learning outside of the game is literally advancement in the game. Like, it connects it, literally, right? It's So it's really cool, because as you learn out of game and you get better at speaking a language, which you can actually use in real life, your character in the game is getting better at magic, and he'll be able to be more powerful and cast crazy spells and do all kinds of action. Well, how does... Uh, okay, so how does a... Maybe a typical turn, or, you know, how do you get this started? How is it organized? Okay, um, well, there's a number of systems in the game. One of them is obviously the language mechanics, and um, there's also the story element to it as well, because it's a role-playing game. So there needs to be a system that gets people into an adventure, gets them started, facilitates um, role-playing and such. So what I did was I came up with a card system. Um, and what you do at the beginning of a game is you'll come up with, um, as a group, you'll come up with a pitch for that session. So one person might say like, okay, well, why don't we do um, a murder mystery at the school? Like someone's been killed, no one knows what it is or who did it. So people be like, okay, that's a cool idea, right? So at that point, basically you take um, 10 index cards. It depends how many players you have. So each player will get three index cards. And on one index card, he'll write um, a, an object or a challenge or a location. And on another card, he'll write down um, a character, a faction, or um, an organization, something like that. And the third one, he'll write down a threat or a villain or a monster. And once everyone writes down these elements on the card, which is essentially just cool things that they'd like to see happen in the story, um, these cards get shuffled together and they're all face down. And every round, the GM for that turn, the game master, he'll draw the card and he'll frame a scene with that card. So every round, um, the story is getting ad added to by these cards. And everyone's got this different idea of what's happening in the story because they only know what's, what's on their cards, right? And each round, the GM, whoever, who is the GM, uh, whoever is the GM, um, takes the, draws a card and adds to the story. But when they're finished, for the next round, they pass the GM token, which denotes who is the GM for that turn. They pass that token to the person to their right. So it means Very that every nice. round you're going to have a different GM 
and they'll be drawing a card and they'll be adding to the story. So everyone gets a chance to add to the story and they're adding elements that they came up with together at the beginning. So do, so the story and the creation of it is totally based upon what the people that are playing the game create. Exactly. So and it's so the cards so cards or anything that you have uh, you're not going to have like a predetermined set of uh, challenges or items or um, you know settings. You're um, not going to have those already pre-created. Uh, I will have some pre-created, like those are some of the stretch goals for the Kickstarter. So, um, I'll, like we've been playtesting this pretty heavily since March. So there's some stories that we've already created, and we've used some cards to tell these stories. So um, some of these card packs I'm going to be putting out, and I'll have them illustrated, and people can download them. But the thing is, you're going to have different characters, and even if someone sees the same element, it's going to be how they incorporate, incorporate that into the story, like what they want to have happen, what they see, right? So the good thing about that way as well is everyone's going to have a different story, and if you've got these pre-made card packs, then you have like literally no prep in the game. All you have to do is have your character ready. And that's 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 very nice, especially you know for beginning to to yeah, learn. Yeah, absolutely. It. Especially it'll give you an idea, right? You don't have to right. put much effort into it. And uh, right. I've got some really really uh, cool people doing some card packs too. Like Jason Morningstar of Fiasco is going to be doing the next stretch goal actually. That is really nice. Now, so you have the those things are predetermined, but you also have the spells. Right. And are you are you going to have some of those predetermined? Um, I'm going to have examples in the book, but I I don't want there to be too much predetermination there because the whole idea behind the magic system is that is the creativity, right? The only thing that I want limiting it is your knowledge of the source material or the subject matter, rather, the language. So, like I said, at the basic system, um, you just need to combine a noun and a verb, and there's the... The basic system is just archetypal, so there's just 13 words you learn, and any combination of those noun and verb gets you any spell. And then the second system is um, once people are more comfortable with it, uh, they've learned the alphabet, they're more comfortable with pronunciation, they have to um, choose the proper noun and verb that's right for the situation. So there's no archetypal magic at all. So if I wanted to um, if I wanted to make a wall fall down or an earthquake or something, then I, I would just choose whatever is appropriate for my intent there. So I might use the word, the, the noun for wall or earthquake or something like that. And then for verb, I might use the, the word um, to shake or something like that. So I can understand why you use, you use Korean because that's, that's the language that you're studying and you love. What, uh, I'm sure there are thoughts of other languages being used? Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's one of the most uh, often posed questions. Um, it's basically what I want and the goal for this book, and I think I have achieved it, is I want a framework that people can easily just substitute in and take the same ideas for learning a different language. And it's nothing really revolutionary because... This is how people have been learning languages since forever, right? You First you start off with pronunciation, you learn the alphabet, you learn a few words, then you build up your vocabulary with nouns and verbs, 
and then you start to learn how to form sentences and you get um, you start to learn grammar patterns and you know just patterns that you can plug different words in, in and out of so um, it's basically just applying the same similar concepts and a lot of grammar translation and uh, yeah so it's something you can do for other languages easily and one of the stretch goals um, is going to be working with Andy Katowski and uh, I don't know if you know him but he's the guy behind Tenra Band Show Zero which was a very successful Kickstarter as well and I'm going to be working with him to uh, get some Japanese in there just to show people how you can do it for other languages maybe do like a hack pack hmm. that's that's wonderful that is wonderful so what how how do you know do you have do you win I mean, Sorry. you go through the, the, the game and, you know, okay, you have a winner or you're successful as a group or how does that, okay. what's the end goal for the actual game? Right, right. Okay, so um, like I mentioned with the cards, when you make these cards in the beginning, you actually assign a value to them. So, uh, for example, if I'm playing a murder mystery, I might have one of the cards being like... Um, I don't know, like uh, a bloody knife or something like that. And I'll say, I'll assign a point value to it. I might say like four points. And what that means is players have to use four points, four of their points, to cast spells on it. And the way you get points in the game is um, players frame scenes in which um, their character is put in danger or they're having a rough time. Um, if they're affected negatively, they're rewarded points for this. And they take those points and they use them to cast spells. So in a given round, if, um, say, uh, the GM has framed a scene using the bloody knife. So that's the clock card for that scene. So if a player casts any spells during that scene, maybe he casts like a one-point spell to turn invisible for a minute or something. Then on that card, it would go down by one point. So if it was, uh, did I say six points originally, it would go down to five. And once it gets to zero, that means that that um, card is resolved. And that means that its place in the narrative is uh, already determined and resolved. So once, basically, I guess you could say like the session is uh, finished once that whole deck has been resolved. Does okay. that make sense? So yeah. it isn't really like a I, I win the game or something like that, but it's like this is this is where we're at for that session, and it also is a kind of built-in pacing mechanic, right? So as you're resolving these cards, you can kind of see like okay, we're getting to the end, and the GMs will start being like okay, resolving the story, and the last card will be like the the denouement of that session. Well, I really like the how this is set up i really like the um it's ingenious you know of of using the language uh and jerry what's uh now jerry teaches visual arts so what are some of your thoughts here jerry of how this could be used oh man i mean well first of all just initially all the all the graphics look absolutely stunning it's uh it's really beautiful um and the uh, i love the different cultures you know how everything's portrayed in, in the imagery even just from the stuff on the kickstarter page so um it's fantastic i love it very well done awesome thanks a lot and there's tons of information on here uh on here and the website you have it's just you can gain a lot of knowledge just on uh korean itself 
just from going to you know your sites. So I think this is a, a, a great opportunity for those out there that are wanting to figure out ways to integrate language or use different languages. Um, I'm even thinking about uh, I use you know I teach ancient civilizations, Kyle, oh, yeah. and so we learn uh, we study the Greek civilization, Roman. Uh, we study China. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it, it's these are some of the languages I think would be really cool to kind of piggyback on something that you've you've come up here, oh, come up with here, and and use that within my my classroom. So I think this is great. So if you guys are you know people out there are interested in helping out this Kickstarter, it's uh, we'll put the link in the show notes, and it's it's gone up a little bit more, hasn't it, Jerry? Mm-hmm. Went up again. <laughs> Awesome. We're not even live. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even live. So, anything else you want to share, Kyle? Um, um, not really. I guess I think we covered a lot of it. So, yeah, yeah I'm really. I think for a stretch goal, um, a hack pack is probably what I'm gonna do because I really want a lot of uh, community support going into it. Like I've already got people emailing me and saying like. Well, can I work with you on a Portuguese version? Can I work with you on a Japanese version, Italian, etc.? So, uh, I think it's going to really turn into something cool that everyone's going to be a part of. And I, I see that. Uh, what's this? The because I see Will Wheaton on your mentioned. Oh, in um, your Kickstarter. Will Wheaton. Uh, he did. Uh, he's doing um, a YouTube. He's got a YouTube series about tabletop right. games. Yeah, oh and yeah. And on that, he We're played fans. Fiasco. So I was just mentioning that the next stretch goal is made by the creator of Fiasco, and Fiasco's kind of a big thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's kind of, and of course, uh, the Wheaton is is very cool. Yeah. I don't know if I can call him the Wheaton. He might come after me. I don't know. So, well, <laughs> I think that's it, Jerry. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Good stuff. Okay. So thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer Podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts and go to Kickstarter. On the EdReach Network, have a great week. <laughs> oh, my word. I think he was going for Anyayikeseo. That's what I said, yeah! <laughs> nice. What is? Can we say it out loud, what that means? Anyayikeseo means... Uh, literally, if you translate it, it means stay in peace, but it's just a way of saying goodbye in Korean. Oh, very cool. I'm impressed, Jerry. See that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>